Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast of our Sunday morning teaching. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Everybody say the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, has given to me a spirit of wisdom and revelation to gain insight into a full knowledge of Him. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I pray today that you will touch hearts and lives. Now, Father, how great it is to celebrate. How great it is to have a good time. How great it is to laugh. A a joyful heart does good like a medicine. And we thank you for that. But, Father, I pray that in the next 30 minutes, though these next 30 minutes, that every heart and every life in this house would be touched. Oh, Holy Spirit, we open ourselves to you. Speak to us. Do what I cannot do as a preacher, Holy Spirit, and that is get somebody, get somebody stirred at, a, at the deepest part of who they are. Open revelation to them. Open the eyes of their understanding. Let us see. But Holy Spirit, we pray now for an impact on every heart and every life in this house today. Give us souls for the kingdom of God is our prayer. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. Would you say one more thing with me? Holy Spirit, Spirit, open my heart. I open open my heart heart to you. you. Speak to me. me. If you're here today, and you know, this may be a little foreign to you, and maybe you're not used to this kind of thing. Let me tell you, open your heart to God. Ask God to speak to you. Maybe you don't believe. Maybe you don't even know if there is a God. Maybe you don't even know who He is. Maybe you're confused about a lot of things in life. My prayer for you today is that you would be honest enough and open enough before Almighty God that you would ask Him to speak to you and impact your heart and impact your life. I want you to know this. You're among friends today. I said you're among friends today. You know, in some stores they have what they call a friends and family sale. I want you to know you're always among friends and family here. We are friends and we are family. You know, because let me tell you, everybody look up here, forget your notes for just a moment. Let me tell you God's heart. God's heart is a family. We at this house believe in being community. We believe in being knit together. We believe we're called to serve God and serve one another. And we believe we do that better together. You see, I'm glad I have brothers and sisters around me so that that when life begins to to get hard and when things can go south and sometimes they can go bad, that I have somebody to walk with me so that, and by the way, we're so excited and rejoicing that uh, Brother Charles is uh, going to be out of the hospital very soon. He has come through uh, the, the heart surgery very well. All the reports are good, and we give God praise for that. Give God a clap offering in the house for us today. We love you guys. And you know what I'm glad for? I'm glad that we don't have to walk through things alone, that we have a comforter who is the Holy Spirit. But, you know, we also have each other. We have one another. And we all need that. But, you know, the gospel is about a family. But let me tell you something. Turn, if you have your Bible, and I know you've got your notes there, and this is just off the cuff, but Andrew just read this to, it, to us. Let's turn to Psalm 23 real quickly. I want to show you something that came alive in Psalm 23. The gospel is about two things. Well, it's about more than two things, but two things that I want to emphasize today. 
And in verse 6, Andrew just read us this. He said, David said, because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He went on to say that. But he could refer back. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. And then in verse 6, he said two very powerful things, Andrew. And it came alive as you were sharing this verse with with, with us today. He said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So number one, I want everybody to say with me now. See, the gospel is about now. He said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Everybody say, that's about now. So you see, the gospel is about now. It's about living now. It's about life now. It's about what we walk through now. It's about what we go through now. It's about what we experience now. It's about where we live now. But then that's not all he said. He said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. But then what did he say in the last part of that verse? And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want you to say with me, eternity. So the gospel is about now and the gospel is about eternity. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It's about how I live now. It's about what I have to deal with now. It's about what I have to go through now. But it's also about a promise for eternity. I want you to say with me in this house today, I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. I want everybody in here to understand this. There is a part of you that will live forever somewhere and I'm asking you for the next 20 minutes or so to give me your undivided attention because a hundred years from now somewhere somewhere you will remember the next 20 minutes and you will be able to reflect back on the next 20 minutes of your life somewhere in eternity even a hundred years from today That's how important today is. That's how important it is. Because you see, the gospel is not only for here and for now and for our lives now and today. The gospel is also for eternity. We will live forever somewhere. Everybody say the gospel. But let me tell you what the gospel really is. Now, some of you think you know what the gospel is. But I want to tell you, there are people in church all over America and all over the world today. They celebrate, by the way, they celebrate Easter lavishly in Latvia. It's in the the European nations, in many of them. They celebrate Easter in Africa. Easter is pretty much, as far as I know, everywhere I've ever been in the world, they celebrate Easter. And so there are people in churches all over the world today celebrating Easter. But you know what? Many of them go to church all the time. But if you ask them what is the gospel, they would not know. They couldn't tell you what the gospel is. I want everybody in here today with me to say the gospel gospel is. is. And somebody tell me what it is. The gospel is good news. The gospel is good news that Jesus came and made provision not only for eternity but for my life today that's right that means that whatever i go through in my marriage whatever i go through in my life whatever i deal with and let me tell you this and i'm i'm preaching to some of you today and i'm so grateful your visitors with us today i want to tell you something about the people that are sitting around you that are in this house today we come from every walk of life we come from every background we come from different races 
We come from different places. We come from different uh, uh, jobs that we have, different careers that we have, go through. Let me tell you, we come from all kind of problems. The people that are sitting by you and sitting around you, they're people who've walked through divorce. They're people who've walked through failure. They're people who've walked through sickness. They're people who've walked through addiction. There are people who have to battle problems just like you have to battle on an ongoing basis. The people that are sitting around you right now are people that have to deal with life just like you do on a regular, ongoing basis. And what we found out, what we found out was that Jesus had the answer to our question even before we knew what the question was. That Jesus had the answer for us. And so we're just like you. We walk through life just like you do. We face the same problems, the same cultural problems, the same things that you deal with, we deal with. But we found that there's some good news. How many of you watch the news from time to time? Not a whole lot of good news on there, is there? At least the last time I've been listening to it. In fact, you know, the the, the news loves... To talk about dirty laundry. Just they get excited if something bad happens. If something negative happens. I mean you can, you can feel the frenzy. Well let me tell you. In a world that is filled with good news. I want you to know one thing. The true gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. It's good news. Everybody say good news. The scripture says, and Paul says, I'm determined to not know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. For when I was with you in weakness and fear and in trembling, my speech was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he says, Jesus said in Luke, because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. You know what the gospel to the poor is? You're not going to be poor no more. Oh, I should have got a bigger amen than that. That is, listen, that is part of the gospel. The gospel, listen, the gospel is meant to minister to every part of our being, spirit, soul, and body. And I'm going to tell you something. It is hard to stay encouraged and it is hard to stay above the circumstances when you are broke all the time and you can't never pay your bills and you can't ever help anybody else. And we have established this and let me go ahead and say it again. It is selfish for you to say, I just want enough to get by in life. I just want enough for me and mine. That's selfish. That's not humble. That's selfish. I'm telling you something. I don't want enough just for me and mine to get by. I'm going to tell you what. Bless God, my wife and I, we have done more giving over the last three or four years than we've ever done in our lives. But we've just started. We want to sow into people. We want to give to people. I want to bless people. When people have needs, I want to be able to help somebody else. That's the gospel. Listen, and church, everybody look up here. Let me tell you something. There is a creativity being birthed in this house right now that is unsurpassed. People are finding creative ways. And I am prophesying this over you and over us as a body of believers. God is going to show you and I'm going to just say it like it is God's going to give you creative ways to make money I, I, I had that stir in my spirit this week that is part of the gospel God wants you to have dreams and I'm telling you you do not want to miss next Sunday man 
What God has been showing me, I, I have gotten, and it's just coming layer after layer after layer. I'm going to get into dream seeds. We're going back to this series next week. And I'm telling you, I am just, I can hardly wait to bring it into this house and into your life. But I'm telling you this, God is stirring creativity. I want you to say with me today, I am, I am creative. creative. You see, that's, that's the gospel. How many of you believe that God is energy? How many of you believe he's life? How many of you believe he's alive? How many of you believe God is creative? Well, if God is creative and I'm in him, guess what that means? That means I'm creative. And we all have different areas of creativity that God brings to our lives that help us be who God has called us to be. And I'm going to tell you this. If you're in this house today, maybe you don't believe in God. Maybe you're just here because it's Easter. Maybe you just came because, you know what, well, I just want to do this and it's the, th- it's the thing to do. Maybe you don't think much about God. I'm going to tell you, God wants to cause something to come alive on the inside of you that you've never, ever experienced before. God wants to breathe his creativity, his breath. In the beginning, in Genesis, God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. That's what makes us different from the animals. That's what makes us different from nature. We have the image of God on the inside of us. Our God is a creative God, and the gospel is good news. God wants to put dreams in your heart and cause them to come alive. Everybody say, come alive. alive. See, that's the gospel. That's That's the word. But you know, the gospel is only understood. It's only understood through the death and through the burial and through the resurrection of Jesus. And what I've discovered is this. Our culture is gradually removing Jesus from every aspect of life. We're replacing him with generic gods and philosophy. Even in churches, churches are taking down crosses because they don't want to confuse people. I'm going to tell you something. The cross is not confusing. The cross is the center of mankind. It is the center of history. Honoring the Lordship of Jesus Christ is essential to every aspect of Christianity. We must keep Jesus in a place of honor in our church, in our lives, in our culture, and in our world. Because the gospel is only understood through his death, through his burial, and through his resurrection. I want you to say with me today, he's alive. alive. The ultimate goal of the gospel, listen, is a loving, meaningful relationship with God. Our faith as Christians is in the person of Jesus Christ. And there is no separating who he is from what he has done. Now, the thing I've got to ask myself is, do I really know what Jesus accomplished in his death, in his burial, and in his resurrection? Now, as we go through this service, I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things with me. I want you to ponder and I want you to think, what could my life be like if I knew Jesus And the second question I want you to ponder as we go through this service is this. When I stand before God on that day, as we all will, one day we all will do this. And he asked me the question, why should I let you into my heaven? What will your answer be? Now I want you to think about those two things. Because we're talking about the good news in terms of now. And we're talking about the good news in terms of eternity. At the cross, 
Jesus paid the price for our sin and delivered us from the curse of the law. At the cross, Jesus was bruised with sickness so we could have healing. At the cross, Jesus conquered sin. At the cross, Jesus conquered death by the resurrection. And He obtained, here it is, righteousness for you and me. Right standing with God. Jesus, listen, Jesus received what we were and what our lives deserved while we received what He was and what His life deserves. Boy, that sounds like a good deal to me. Who would pass that up? Jesus came to put us in the center of God's will. Receiving God's blessing and receiving God's promises. Because I'm going to tell you this. God has always desired that man have his best. I want everybody to make this declaration with me today. God's will for me is to have his best. What is it, that, that greeting card company that says when you care enough to send the very best? It's exactly what God did. Jesus was the one, everybody say the one, who lived the sinless life. He was the one who became sin, who suffered the penalty for sin and then conquered sin by the resurrection. The new covenant, the new covenant, the new covenant is founded on the completed work of Jesus. I want everyone in here to know this. Jesus hung on that cross. Those nails that those three-year-olds, that, that, how awesome was that? My goodness. Man, we, you need to be able to, uh, somehow we need to be able for folks to download that. That just needs to be watched more and more. But when Jesus hung on that cross, so many things that he did on the cross, I think there's about seven things that he said, but one of the things that he said was, it is finished. What Jesus meant by that was this, the work of redemption is complete. Everything that is necessary for our salvation is taken care of. That is the gospel. We participate in that finished work by, everybody say, faith. Faith. We have an exchange. An exchange that took our sin away from us and gave us righteousness. I want you to know one thing. Our sins are not just covered. They no longer exist because Jesus became our sin. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he conquered that sin and death. He did not conquer sin in general. He conquered our specific sin. Whether it's addiction whether it's uh, sexual problems, whether it's uh, lying, whether it's cheating, whether it's murder, whatever it was that is in your past and in your life, He conquered your specific sin, thereby guaranteeing us a specific victory over that specific sin in my life. I no longer have to live in bondage to that thing. That is the gospel. He was raised up in newness of life. And the quality of life that Jesus now has is the quality of life that the Father has. Now in Him, it's only in Him that we receive that quality of life. What does John 10.10 say? I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Church, pray with me today. Pray that the Holy Spirit would touch hearts and lives. The gospel is summed up in this. I receive nothing from God on my own merit. I receive every promise based on the finished work of Jesus. What could my life be like if Jesus was the Lord of my life?
And what will I answer on that day when I stand before Him, as all of us will, and He says, why should I let you in to my heaven? These are serious times. It's a serious questions to think about and to ask ourselves. I have done more funerals than I wanted to do over this last year. And I've come to this conclusion, great revelation after 40 years of preaching funerals and doing all that I do. And that is, all of us, barring the return of Jesus in the air, one day will pass through the doorway of death. And so, here's the thing. Only Jesus has the answers when it comes to death. If you know somebody else that does, I'd like to know about him. I don't, I, in fact, I know Allah doesn't have it. Hare Krishna doesn't have it. Buddha doesn't have it. There's only one person, one Jesus, the one and only, who has the answers when it comes to death. And so if I'm going to deal with death, and I want to know how the answers about death, and I want to understand what needs to be understood when that time comes, there's one person that I'm going to go to, and his name is Jesus. Everybody say, Jesus, the one and only. Because the life that I now live, listen, is an exchange life. Jesus received what I deserve. This is awesome. I receive what he deserves. He was made to be my sin. I was made to be his righteousness. He received the penalty that my sin deserved. I'm receiving the blessing that his righteousness deserves. He was rejected. I'm accepted. He was chastened. I have peace before God. He was the one who lived a sinless life. He was the one who became sin, who suffered the penalty for sin, and then conquered sin by the resurrection. All of the new covenant has its dependence on the completed work of the Lord Jesus. We participate that in, in that accomplished work and finished work by faith. And it is now. Everybody say, it is now. I tell you what, it went into effect when Jesus went in and sat down at the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says he's making intercession for you and me. Everybody say the gospel. gospel. Everybody say the gospel. gospel. It's good news. But as I said, our sin is more than covered. They do not exist. When God looks at us, he doesn't pretend we are righteous. When we are in Jesus, we are righteous. I want you to say with me, everybody in this room today who is born again, I want you to say with me, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Now we begin to participate in it when we believe it and when we receive it. There's, there's the most important aspect of all of this. We have people today who are preaching, well, you know, Jesus has done everything. And so everybody's automatically reconciled to God. I want you to know, everything that Jesus did will never benefit you at all unless you appropriate it and receive it by faith. We all have to make a decision. And everybody look up here. I'm going to tell you something. God has no grandchildren. 
I love my grandkids. They're awesome. I love them. Man, just love them up, you know, and just kiss all over them and let them run wild and just teach them all kind of bad habits and then let them go home to mom and daddy. (laughs) Not really, but something like that. But I'll tell you this. God has no grandchildren. He has only sons and daughters. You're not going to heaven because mom and daddy are going to heaven. You're not in Him because daddy was a preacher or mama went to church. God only has sons and daughters. Sons and daughters. But all are welcome to come and sit at His table. Somebody say amen. Amen. So how can I honor Jesus in my life? Give me 10 more minutes and we're going we're gonna to pray and God's going to do great things and we're going to be on our way for our Easter, our Easter celebration with our families. How can I honor Jesus in my life? Number one, by simply receiving His love. I want everybody in here today to say, Jesus, Jesus thank, you thank you for loving me. You know, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 says, God's rich in mercy. Because of His great love, which He loved us with even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace have you been saved. God loves us so much. He has so much value for us. He considers us so precious that He has made every effort to ensure that we are eligible for all of His resources. Not just in eternity, but here and now. I want you to declare it today. Everybody say with me, I believe God loves me. I believe He accepts me because of Jesus. Number two, how can I honor Jesus in my life? First of all, by receiving His love. Secondly, by receiving His forgiveness. How many of you know that we all need forgiveness? We all need forgiveness on an ongoing basis. Not just once. Now, I don't know about you, but I've messed up a couple of times since I got saved about forever ago. I was 12 years old when I gave my heart to the Lord. Walked the aisle at the First Baptist Church, shook the preacher's hand and said, I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. God's forgiveness and God's plan and God's grace and God's dreams from that moment forward begin to be birthed in me. God began to set me on a path that he had chosen for my life. Just like He wants to do for your life. Shook His hand. Made Jesus the Lord of my life. Asked for His forgiveness. But I've had to have forgiveness a few times since then. Just like you do. But the hardest thing that many people have to do is to first learn to forgive themselves. Because see, you know you better than any of us know you. We see we're all cleaned up real nice. By the way, if you're a visitor here today, this is pretty much how I dress every Sunday. (laughs) Now I have to ask forgiveness for lying. I'm a blue jean guy. I like that. You know, when you come here, I want you to know you can come to this house. You don't have to feel like you got a thousand dollar suit to wear or you got the latest fashion to put on. You come as you are. We love you. And you don't have to feel like you have to put on airs or be anything. And so we all, you know, we we have to ask forgiveness from time to time. But, you know, I I walked up to that preacher's hand and I shook his hand. And I thank God, you know, that I made, made my way to the altar. Let me say this. 
Don't be the only time you ever come to the altar. Be the time when I have to speak over your casket at your funeral. Because I'm going to tell you, those are the hard ones for me, baby. What do I say? All I can basically do is try to comfort the family. And trust that maybe God in His infinite grace and mercy somehow. But let me tell you, you never know. You never know what tomorrow holds. And I'm not trying to put fear in your heart. I'm just trying to say, folks, the gospel is for now. And the gospel is also for eternity. Make preparation today for that day. There's today. Everybody say, there's today. And there's that day. And you're going to live in both of them somewhere. You're going to live today somewhere. You're going to live today somewhere in your heart. You see, the good news about the gospel is that when you preach the gospel and when you understand it, that today can be bigger. Today can have more hope. Today can be filled with expectation. Today can be filled with dream seeds. Today, there can be stirring and creativity in your heart and in your life. Today doesn't have to be drudgery. Today doesn't have to be feeling like everything is negative and everything is bad and nothing ever works out for me and woe is me. The good news of the gospel is Jesus is in your today and when I allow him to be the Lord of my today he'll also be the Lord of my tomorrow and the Lord of my eternal destiny and so how do I honor him in my life by number one receiving his love number two receiving his forgiveness You know, I can't comprehend the fact that Jesus actually became our sin. That means when someone who commits the most horrendous and vile and painful sin, that Jesus became that. And my mind can't comprehend it, but I tell you what, I'm experiencing it. That love and that grace and that forgiveness. I watched something not long ago, which is beyond my comprehension, of a father in his 30s. Loving father. Church-going guy. Connected with a charismatic ministry. Married to a beautiful young lady. Two beautiful young children. Looked to be about seven and nine years old got so caught up in his own world and so caught up in his own selfishness went in the house killed his wife and killed his two kids isn't that horrible? it's awful I mean in the natural I look at it and there's a lot of things but I'm going to tell you this Jesus became even that now my mind can't comprehend that my grace can I mean my mind cannot comprehend grace like that But I know that Jesus became all of our sin. Not part of it. Not a little bit of it. Not one or two of it. Jesus became our sin. Everybody say great grace. grace. Number three. How can you honor him? And we're getting ready to close. By becoming part of his family. We are family. Some of you are old enough to remember that song. 
I got all my sisters in me. I got all my brothers in me. That's really true. You know, I'm all for, you know, Paul uses military terms and there's some military terms in the Bible. But I'm going to tell you, God's ultimate desire is not for an army. God's ultimate desire is for a family. He wants a family. I want everybody in here to say, Jesus, Jesus, thank you you for accepting me me into your family family with no strings attached. attached. You know, Jesus came to recover a family. And through his work, we're adopted. We're not inducted. Adoption is acceptance into a family. God is a loving father. And while Jesus is our Lord, I want you to know he is also our elder brother. The ultimate goal of God is not a labor force or a warring force. It is a family. It is a loving family that he can breathe his creativity in, that he can breathe his life in, that he can be a God to them. He can be a loving father to them. Hold them when they need holding. Love them when they need loving. Lead them in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's who he is. God wants us as his sons and as his daughters. He wants us to be a part of his family. He wants our involvement. He wants a relationship with us. Therefore, he initiated the plan that could bring all of this about. That's what the cross is about. Jesus stood between eternity past and eternity future, and he hung on that cross. God is a just God. Sin had to be paid for. No one could do it except the perfect, sinless Son of God. And He hung on that cross. And as He hung on that cross, He said, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? And the intimate family that was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit had to be separated. How it had to tear the heart of God. How it had to tear the heart of the Son. How the Holy Spirit had to be grieved. For in that instant, in that moment, in that time, from eternity past... To eternity future. Jesus hung in between and cried out, My God, forgive them for they know not what they do. Our sin was placed upon him and God turned his back on the spotless, sinless, perfect Son of God. All for one reason. Because he loves you and me so much. He loves us that much. And he wants a family. And he wants you and me in that family. He had to deal with that one thing that stood between us and him. That little three-letter word called sin. Sin had separated man from God. Sin had created a bridge that we could not cross over. But Jesus, as he hung on that cross, became our bridge over troubled water. Now, God wants you to live in a harmonious relationship with Him. And He also wants you to be able to live in a harmonious relationship with other people. And you know what? I've discovered if you don't have peace in your own life, you'll never have peace with other people. If you don't have peace with, between you and God, you'll never walk at peace in anything else. You can only have peace when you know you're righteous. And you can only know that you're righteous when you accept the gift of righteousness through the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say the one and only. There is one only and his name is Jesus. And I want you to know today, we stand 
before one Jesus with one life. And today, you're going to have one encounter. You need one touch. This is not in your notes. You need one word. What you need is a word from God. From this one Jesus. You have one life, one encounter, one touch, one word. And you have one opportunity to respond. A hundred years from now, in eternity, you will remember this day. What you do and the response that you bring today affects you for now and for eternity. And if you sit and say, I'm not going to respond, then you are responding. A no response is a rejection. Jesus is saying, I'm offering you my love. I'm offering you my friendship. I'm offering you all that I am. One Jesus, one life, one encounter, one touch, one word, one response, one moment in time. There is one hope. And listen to this, church. You in your life will have one final destination. Thanks again for listening to Life Church of Mobile's podcast. Our services are held on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at lifechurchmobile.com.